ومن أحسن قولا ممن دعا إلى الله وعمل صالحا وقال إنني من المسلمين بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولهم بعد Today's short khatir, we're going to look at a very beautiful hadith that is reported in Bukhari and Muslim and extract and derive some benefits from it. It is reported by Abu Sa'id al Khudri that our Prophet said, Iyakum wal julusa fi turuqat. I warn you against sitting in the alleyways. Now, back then, they didn't have massive mansions. Most people's houses were one large outer room and one inner chamber. That's about it. Even the house of the Prophet was like this. They didn't have a living room. Where would they sit when they wanted to have friends and talk? They would literally sit outside their house. We would call it a veranda, but it wasn't a veranda. It was literally in the house, in the streets. So our Prophet said, إِيَّاكُمْ وَالْجُلُوسَ فِي الطُّرُقَاتِ I warn you against sitting in the alleyways. They said, Ya Rasulallah, ma lana min majalisina fi majalisina min bud. Ya Rasulallah, we have to have our gatherings, our majlis. Where else are we going to meet? Ya Rasulallah, we have to have our gatherings. So our Prophet wasallam said, So if you insist, fa'in abaytum, if you're going to refuse my command and you're going to insist that you're going to have these gatherings, then fa'atit tariqa haqqahu. Give the right that is due to the alleyways. They said, what is the right due to the alleyways? So he said, number one, غَضُّ basar, Lower your eyes. Number two, كَفُّ adha, Don't harm anybody going in the streets. Number three, رَدُّ salam, Responding to the salam of the people. Number four, commanding what is good and forbidding what is evil. Now, this hadith, we're going to use it as a case study, actually. Very briefly, I know time is always against us. We're going to use it as a case study to examine how different disciplines of Islam can extract different types of benefit from the same hadith. This hadith can be the subject of an entire monograph, and it has been the subject of many pamphlets and booklets. If you look at this hadith, it's so beautiful. Our Prophet ﷺ is warning the Sahaba from sitting in the alleyways. Now, generally the Sahaba hear and obey. But this was something that would affect their social life. When COVID happened a year and a half ago, how much resistance was there in the community, right? What do you mean we're not going to go out? We're not going to sit? We're not going to go to the restaurant? How much resistance was there, right? To this day there is resistance as you know. The people, they need to live. They need to meet. So they said, Ya Rasulullah, how can we function without our majalis? Now one of the most important points here, that the Sahaba knew the compassion of the Prophet And they are not arguing, but pushing back. They are pushing back, Ya Rasulullah, I mean, give us some concession, give us some leeway. How can we live without our gatherings? They trusted that our Prophet ﷺ would sympathize with their plight. This also demonstrates, and this is a very uh, usul al-fiqh or theology point, listen to me carefully. Our Prophet ﷺ was delegated by Allah to propagate the Sharia. The Sharia, parts of it, Allah revealed directly to him. And parts of it, our Prophet ﷺ said 
Now, it doesn't matter to us whether it's from Allah or from the Prophet because when he says it, وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَىٰ Now, this is a technical point here. But what this means is that the Sahaba understood this. And there are many examples. For example, in the conquest of Mecca, when the Prophet forbade the plucking of plants in Mecca, his own uncle, Abbas, said, Ya Rasulullah, allow us to pluck al-idhkhir one plant that we need for our daily life. He said, okay, idhkhir is allowed. The fact that this happened instantaneously, Abbas is saying, Ya Rasulullah, allow us this. They understand that Allah Azza wa Jal has delegated this authority, that our Prophet's commandments, they are, it doesn't matter to us whether Allah Azza wa Jal revealed or not. The fact that the Prophet is saying it becomes sharia for us. And the Sahaba understood. So they're trying to negotiate, Ya Rasulullah, allow us some leeway. And they also give that compassionate side. Now that compassionate side was not a life or death. It's not we're going to die if we don't have our gatherings. It's like, how do you expect us to function without our gatherings? And they understood and trusted the shafaqa and the rahmah of our Prophet ﷺ, that people need social gatherings to live. So our Prophet ﷺ gave them a concession. Okay, if you must, if you're not going to listen to that, then give the turuq, the, the roadway, the alleyways, it's right. Now we understand that the Prophet ﷺ was forbidding sitting in the alleyway, not because in and of itself it is haram, but because it can potentially lead to haram, right? This is called the wasila. This is called the way. We call it in every technical term, blocking the path to evil. Now this shows us a technical point, by the way. And again, this is all, you know, uh, a bit of an advanced, but you inshallah benefit from it. Usul al-fiqh point. That which is forbidden because it leads to haram, does not have the same status of haram as that which is forbidden intrinsically because it is haram. So the roads to haram are haram, but the concession for those roads is not as high as the actual haram itself. Let me give you a simple example. That Allah Azza wa Jal has told us very clearly that we have to lower our gaze. We cannot look at the person of the opposite gender. Now, there is no hadith or Quran that allows an exception, but our scholars have unanimously said that the doctor, if there's no other doctor, can look at the opposite gender. That the judge, if he must examine the witness, can make sure this is the right witness. It's a common sense thing because there is a higher reason why we have to override this. So that which is forbidden because it is a means to the haram, to make it halal is not requiring as high of a barrier. It's not life or death. You're not dying and then you have to have it. So here we have this example that the Sahaba are saying we need for our socialization. So that's not life or death. And our Prophet gave it to them. Okay, if you must, then make sure. And this also shows us, by the way, that our Sharia has come with the perfection of society. These rulings are not about uh, drinking, alcohol. They're not about, you know, the, the major. It's about adab. It's about etiquettes and interaction. And our sharia is coming to perfect even such, we would call it trivial things. But the sharia is a holistic system and it teaches us even these mundane matters. So then our Prophet said, if you must, then these are four things. So this hadith in Bukhari and Muslim mentions four things. Uh, another tangent if you like, you can compile this hadith in all the books of hadith because it is narrated in over 15 narrations. And you can see what else is mentioned. In fact, uh, this has been done by many researchers. You find actually in some narrations 14, 15 things mentioned. So you see which one of them you know, applies and whatnot. So in this hadith, four are mentioned. Ghaddul basar. What is haram is you look at something with lust. So if you're sitting in the alleyway, lower your gaze. 
Oh men, if you're sitting in the alleyway, a lady walks by, don't look at her. Lower your gaze. Here. Notice here, by the way, our Prophet is putting the onus here in this particular hadith on the one sitting down and the man. You lower your gaze. You don't have to look at other people that are passing by. Number two, he said, don't harm somebody. Don't say something that's going to hurt their feeling. Don't use your hand to trip somebody. Don't hurt anybody. It's the haq. Number three, he said, Notice he said Not the giving but the return Because the wajib Not the wajib I should not say The mustahab Is that who gives salam The walker gives the salam To the one who's sitting down Right So it is wajib to return the salam It's not wajib to give it So if you're sitting on the road The one who's walking by Should be the one who gives salam to you If he doesn't You don't have to give salam But if he does give salam Then it is wajib to return the salam salam. You must return the salam And then number four he said Commanding what is good and forbidding what is evil If you see somebody cheating Some people on the street If you see somebody you know, doing something they shouldn't do It's the haq upon you That you make society better as we said, other narrations mention other things as well. Of them, for example, our Prophet said, guide the one who is lost. If somebody asks for directions and you know directions, then it is a part of our adab, a part of our sharia. You help people find directions. And this applies anywhere. If somebody comes next to you, your car rolls the window and says, hey, how do I get there? The sharia says, if you're able to, you should give them the response to this. So this beautiful hadith teaches us so many different aspects. And as I said, our scholars of the past have written entire treatises about this and you can examine this hadith from multiple angles from the angle of uh, its authenticity and the various narrations and what are different wordings from the angle of uh, the fiqh of the hadith is it haram or is it mustahab or is it wajib and that's a whole different area from the angle of usul al-fiqh like what are the benefits you get from the back and forth and the saying of the prophet from the angle of the perfection of the adab of the sharia it's a very beautiful window into the reality of our prophet and the interaction with the Sahaba. I hope inshallah this was of some benefit and until next time Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.